0: hey guys matt here with the low key podcast don't forget if you like our podcast go subscribe like and follow it on instagram itunes and facebook now another season two episode with fort smith Bruco. it's nice it's easy it's low key let's get started Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Low Key. I'm here at Fort Smith Brewing Company with Quinton Lillard.
1: Willard. Willard.
0: Willard. I yeah, almost yeah. um, said Lillard. <laughs> that's that's quite a name. Yeah,
1: you, I guess so.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so kind of kind of tell us about what got you into brewing beer. What? Why are you passionate about brewing beer? Like, why do you love being in the craft beer industry?
1: Um, I. I'm sure my experience is very similar to a lot of people in America. Um, beer has always just been that Bud Light, Miller Light, you know, you pound it at frat parties and stuff like that. Uh, There's never been anything ex- exceptional to my life um, until I moved to Rhode Island. So when I was uh, in the military, they stationed me in Rhode Island, and everybody was drinking craft beer up there. And, again, I wasn't a big fan of beer, but everybody was doing it, so I was like, all right, let me yeah. check this out. And you know, the first few drinks of craft beer, you're like, ah, this is strange, this is different, this is definitely not the beer I'm used to. Mm-hmm. Um, you drink some more, and then you, you land, you know, you just try enough of them that you find one you like, you land on something you like, and the next thing you know, you're you're like, oh, I'm trying to find another one I like, and then you find another one, and you just keep going and going, and then, now you realize you like this new product, so you start delving into it, and so I, I just started researching, what is this beer thing, why have we never had beer like this before, you know, and Uh, the next thing you know, you realize uh, this is a really, really incredible product. Uh, Beer has a rich history with uh, human evolution. It has a rich history with uh, human culture. So different societies, use. you know, and the Egyptians, they made the pyramids by paying their workers with beer. And you've got, you know, in the Middle Ages, you know, during the dark plague and stuff, people were drinking beer to stay healthy. (laughs) Pilgrims, you know, cross the ocean on beer. When they ran out of beer, they landed, you know, they stopped wherever they ran out of beer. Um, you know it, you know the the colonists they, they met up in breweries to come up with the idea of overthrowing the British, you know so I mean its just yeah. it just has a, a really strong history and rich culture and uh, what was happening in New England at the time is about 2013, 2014 when I discovered it, as you see it bringing these communities together. Um, it, it really is uh, a great beverage to sit around with your friends or sit around with strangers uh, and talk you can talk to anything you know. For the longest time, they say politics should be outside of, you know, don't don't mix drinking and politics, don't mix drinking and religion and different things like that. But I, yeah. I see the contrary in, in breweries, and I think that's really awesome. I think that's cool that you can have a decent conversation with somebody and not lose your shit, yeah. you know, without, <laughs> I mean, and, and beer kind of does that. You know, the hard liquors, you, you get a little bit overboard. You can get, it's real quick. It's real easy to go over the edge and kind of take on too much. Yeah. The lighter beers, you just don't have the same connection with the product you're drinking as you do with these craft beer. Craft beers, you're happy about what you're drinking. You know, there's a variety of them so you can talk. That's a good talking point, that's a good place to start conversation. Yeah. And then, you know, you you know, it, it's not so high in alcohol that you lose you lose yourself, but it's just enough that it kind of opens up. It is that social lubrication. Yeah. And so that's really what turned me on, is the culture of it and the influence I saw it have, the history of it, the influence I saw it have on the communities. And so that's that's kind of what really got me interested in it in, in the first place.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. I, I feel like that's one of the things that got me into craft beer, too. I mean, because you start tasting a lot of these flavors. And and then also there's like a social aspect to it, which is really cool. So. And you go back, like you said, to the history of it. It's really cool to learn about some of the, some of the way wheat and barley and all that stuff was made. So and the grains, um, but that's really cool. So how how did how did Fort Smith Brewing, become Fort Smith Brewing?
1: So I'm originally from Van Buren, Arkansas, which is right across the river here. But Fort Smith is definitely the regional city. You know, we all come here. We all work here. Our parents, you know, we grew up. Our parents working here, and so. It's always been kind of the, the catalyst kind of of what this community is. Yeah. And so when I was up in Rhode Island, falling in love with beer, My actually my dad had some bad health. I was going to get out of the Army. Uh, I've always wanted to open up my own company. It was good for me to move home to be close to family. They didn't have a brewery here. It was kind of the perfect storm, you know. I, yeah. I needed to move back home. I wanted to start a company. I fell in love with this new product, and uh, I really believed in it. And so... Uh, I I saw the good again. Fort Smith was kind of depressed at the time. You know, there was not a whole lot going on in Fort Smith. So just everything coupled together, it just, it was the most obvious solution. It was was the perfect next step in my life. And so uh, found some good property out here in this historical part of Fort Smith. So, again, bringing back that history. And um, I'm big in in history. And, like, I like to take the, the positives from history and repeat those. And then hopefully, you know, take the negatives of history and, and and don't do those. And so, that's kind of kind of our whole mantra is we want to bring back the fun, and positive things about Fort Smith and see that revitalize. Yeah. You know, we so we take this old warehouse and we revitalize it, and we're hoping to be this this will be the catalyst for the new change, the new positive future for Fort Smith. And so, it was just uh yeah, kind of all those things coming together, uh the perfect the perfect situation.
0: Yeah so you, you you're talking about history um I was talking to one of your bartenders in the front um just about the area you're in can you kind of describe the area a little bit you're you're in
1: so we're at Fort Chaffee uh it was a, a military base that was set up in the during World War II uh, actually a lot of German POWs helped build this facility and one of our beers is named after one of them because he was the one who built this particular building but um It's an old World War II base. It used to be the home of artillery. It was a very, it's still one of the larger bases in America, but it's mostly used for National Guard and different things like that. Um, But it since closed down in the 90s. The military was downsizing a lot of their bases, becoming more efficient. So they gave part of this land over to the city. And so with that, they came with a lot of military structures. And this particular one used to be the old PX. So people would do their commerce and stuff here, their trade here. Um, and so it's just, it's cool to see, cool to see us reuse it for commerce and trade and different things like that. Uh, we actually get customers coming in who remember this when it was a base. Oh, like one wow. guy came in, uh, it was a Puerto Rican who came here during, so yeah, I, I don't know, I'm kind of all over the place with the history, but, uh, during the Vietnam war, uh, this base it took in a bunch of Vietnamese refugees. Yeah. And so we got a big Vietnamese community here, but, During that process, one particular story I love about this building and kind of the history of it is this Puerto Rican interpreter was sent here to Fort Chaffee, uh, Arkansas, to kind of help out with the incoming people from, uh, oh, this was a Cuban crisis, it wouldn't be the Vietnamese, yeah. A Puerto Rican (laughs) wouldn't, yeah, yeah. So during, uh, I guess during the Cuban Missile Crisis, at some point, a lot of Cubans came up here, so they had a Puerto Rican interpreter here, and he... um, he was shopping in this building, this PX, and the lady checking him out eventually became his wife, you know, and that's where, wow. he, that's where he met his wife. So the two of them come in and they drink beer here and they sit in the same area, you know, where they, they first met. And
0: That's really cool. Yeah, little
1: stuff like that is just, I, I love to see the history of this really at one time was a vibrant community. I love to see it be relived and, and yeah. people get to enjoy that experience again and, and kind of see that the place that brought him so much joy in the beginning of there, it hasn't gone to waste. It, ha- it hasn't been destroyed. It's now being turned into something new and, and interesting. And so all that, all that is just fascinating to me and it, it inspires me.
0: Yeah. That's, that's very fascinating. That's really cool. Yeah. Cause when me and my, when me and my friend were driving up here, we're like, is this a museum? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of camps and stuff here. Yeah. Are we in the wrong place? And then we saw your your sign, obviously, and we're like, okay, we're in the right place. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, it still looks like a military base out here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we were we were hoping we wouldn't get arrested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, the actually the base is still active. They still work out of buildings that look just like this. So Oh really? That's y- cool. Yeah. yeah, it would be hard to tell if you're on base or not.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so describe kind of like your guys' favorite beer types or the brewery methods you like to use?
1: So we're only a year and a few months in, so we're not trying to get anything crazy. We're not reinventing the wheel. Like, there's a lot of really good styles out there. Mm-hmm. The pell the IPAs, the Kolsch, the Stout, the Porter. You know, all these are really solid, comfortable beers. Everybody recognizes. So we're definitely starting there. We're getting the foundation. We're laying that foundation, creating mm-hmm. those really solid styles everybody's familiar with. And then from there, we'll slowly branch out. We might do some barrel aging, and we've got a sour on right now, and, and we can, you know, a go say or, you know, we can then start getting into, you know, a saison, different things like that, or season, however you pronounce it. You can really start branching out once you get that that solid base. And so that's kind of, that's our methodology for beers out here, is mm-hmm. uh, we just want to get really good, consistent beers and, and grow slowly um, and correctly. You know, we're not just trying to, create a whole bunch of beers just for the sake of it like we definitely want quality to be a a huge part of what we do
0: yeah quality is huge you guys are a year in you said so from starting for you what is kind of the biggest struggle you guys face (laughs) or or still continually yeah
1: honestly it's a city um the city was depressed, been in a very difficult state for a very long time because the city has a lot of old systems in place. The way they do business is a little bit archaic. You know, the good old boy system is still very strong here. Yeah. And so a lot of those things prevent growth and ingenuity and innovation because if the people who currently have money here aren't getting a piece of the pie, they're very resistant to what's going on. And so we've experienced that from the get-go. That has changed. We see the change already happening, and we see it getting better. So, And that's the reason we did it. A lot of other businesses never opened up here because of that. Or they Mm -hmm. started opening up, and they ran into that wall, and then they quit and moved elsewhere. And so... Fortunately for the city, uh, I have a lot. Of, I'm single and I have a lot of free time, so yeah. I said, "Heck, this is the right thing to do. Somebody's going to do it. If it's not me, who's going to do it?" So yeah, just stuck my head to the, the you know, just stuck my head down and drove right through it. And uh, and because of it, you see it paving the path for future businesses and different things like that. So that's the overall intention, man. We want to see this community get better. Um, and that, it's kind of that history. Like I said, breweries really bring communities together. They really create. This awesome atmosphere, and that's that's my overall goal is to, to put Fort Smith back on the map so people can say, hey, let's go to Fort Smith this weekend. We got yeah. a lot of guys heading to Tulsa. A lot of Fort Smith folks go to Tulsa because there's nothing to do here. They feel like, you know, they're not getting the same quality out of Fort Smith, and mm-hmm. so I want to see that change. I want to see Tulsa folks being like, hey, man, we've been doing Tulsa things for a while. Let's go check out a new city. Yeah, and Fort Smith is a great city to check out. You know. So. Yeah,
0: and it's very close to Tulsa. Oh yes, yeah, so close. yeah. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I came out. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah.
0: And this the sour that
1: is the super sour? That's the super sour, yeah. Yeah.
0: Kinda describe the notes. It's it's delicious.
1: Uh, fruity, crisp, um, light, definitely uh balanced. Balanced is probably the best way to describe this sour. It's not over the top, it's not um it's like a knock you on your butt, but yeah. You know it's a sour and um yeah, just a, just a really pleasant sour. So I guess vinegar. Some people pick up that those vinegar notes. So if you're a big fan of vinegar, you'll definitely yeah. love it. Yeah,
0: like like salt and vinegar chips are my yeah. jam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's funny. So describe some of your, your your seasonal beers and some of the beers you have on tap right now.
1: Um, so we haven't gotten to seasons yet, just because we've just been trying to keep up. We started yeah, off on a one point five barrel system, so we just create a beer. You know, we sell it and then we create you know, we make another beer. And so we've done we brewed about twenty-six beers last year and we kind of rotate through it, like we kind of just re-rotate through them and just re-brew those. But fortunately, demand's been good, you know, business has been doing very well. We just upgraded to a seven-barrel system. Well. So now we hope to have a good core of twelve to fifteen beers, and those are gonna be the solid, the, the ones we all know and love, the stout supporters. Um, Colches, like the ones that we're all familiar with, and then from there, we'll probably get into seasonals and some one-offs and some real interesting things. So, not until just recently have we been able to really kind of kind of flex our muscles as far as that the beer repertoire. So yeah, yeah, we're getting pretty excited. We we just finished the, the system last week, so That's now cool. now it comes the next few months getting those beers out and building mm-hmm. up that inventory so that we can do more interesting styles.
0: Yeah, and especially like in the community of Fort Smith, I mean, there's I don't think there's another brewery that's
1: yeah we only yeah we only brew here yeah we're the closest brewery for about an hour. There's a, a brewery in uh, 50 miles out east of us. There's a uh, then Fayetteville's you know an hour north of us. They got several breweries up there um, in Oklahoma. I think Tulsa might be the closest breweries. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Yeah,
0: as far as I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're out in the limb. We're an hour away from the the next closest brewery, so which is it's good in its own way. Um, obviously, you got market superiority and stuff, the shares. Uh, but you know, when when you start out, when you're the first brewery in town, and nobody knows what to expect, nobody knows what what it's about. I mean, you're doing all that education. So a lot of Miller Bud Light drinkers come in asking for that, and so you got to kind of break it down to a, Well, you know, actually, we don't have any of those, but what we do have is this, this, and this, mm. and. And it's exciting, though, to see Miller and Bud Drinkers drinking stouts and porters and different things like that. So.
0: Yeah, to kind of change their perspective on things. Exactly, this. exactly. And sure. I think
1: that, and I think that, exactly what you said, that change of perspective in something as simple as a beer, helps them, it's, it's, it's almost like it, it creates a path to change their perspective on other things. Yeah. And so when it comes to new businesses or new ideas and stuff like that, it just kind of opens that door so that now... We present another idea to them. And it doesn't have to be about beer or anything. It could be coffee or it could be, you know, fruit roll-ups or whatever <laughs> whatever industry you want to bring here. Now yeah. that instead of them immediately saying, I don't know what that is, I'm, just, I'm familiar with it, I don't want to do it, they can start a conversation with it and they can at least entertain the idea of potentially doing something new.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're a history. You said you're a history buff. We'll talk about history. How have you seen the history for you Growing up, the history of beer change.
1: Uh, you know, so prohibition killed you know beer culture in America. But be- before prohibition, you know, even when we were a founding country, we were actually talk- th- talking. You know, we have Department Treasury, we had Department of Defense. When we were mm-hmm. s- establishing ourselves as a country, they were talking about setting up a department of the brewery. Like we were supposed to have a department dedicated to beer. Wow! But I didn't know that. powers yeah. that be, you know, in politics, it just didn't make the cut, and so. You know, jump ahead 100 years or so, and you got prohibition. So this idea of hanging out at a local brewery and different things like that, it just completely was lost because it was prohibition for 13 years. So Mm. we're saying, I mean, that's almost an entire generation, you know. Imagine if there was no baby, you know, the 90s didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like how awful, how terrible that be? You know, yeah. We wouldn't have InSync or Backstreet Boys, Boys, like (laughs) so that and and so that's basically what happened with beer. Like for thirteen whole years, there was no beer culture. Yeah, and so when it did come back a bunch of breweries popped up again but it was a whole new era and we had you know we had technology we had phones we had ways of community tv was just about to start to come out you know so advertisement and and marketing was a whole very different yeah. so now you got a few guys with a lot of money scooping up all these little breweries buying them up turning into one massive brewery that we know today as AB InBev
0: yeah. and
1: one beer you know and so basically just the timing and stuff they got AB and Bev got in early and they were able to basically take the market shares and, you know, for 60 years, 70 years, our country just experienced nothing but one beer. And so, yeah. And so historically, um, that's kind of our, our path, but in the last, you know, since the late seventies and a lot of ups and downs in the craft beer market, finally, finally, finally we're 20% plus in market shares, The craft beer community and, and it's growing every day. So, we're getting very close to having a nice beer culture again, because even the big guys, ABM Bev, if you included all the craft beers and I put that in air quotes because <laughs> because they own a lot of craft beer brands. yeah uh, if you include all those, I wouldn't be surprised if, we, if it wasn't closer to 50 percent of what you know people are drinking what they consider craft beers. And, and to me, I consider craft beers pretty much obviously small craft and things like this, but uh, anything that's not a majority. I kind of consider a craft beer. So, lagers are by far a majority. So, most styles outside of that are probably going to be a craft beer, you know. Yeah. And so, uh, the Pilsner, I should say, not just lager, that's kind of a general statement, but Pilsners Mm -hmm. particularly are very, very mainstream. You know, you can see that everywhere. But, um, yeah. So, we're getting back to um, a time where you have options, uh, back to a time where you can have a local option. Mm-hmm. which is, is very strong. Mm-hmm. It's still in Europe. They all have their local options and stuff, and that's yeah. a very that's a historical example and a, a very tried-and-true way of doing the business. And that's kind of our goal here. It's like we want to be the Fort Smith brewing company. We want to be the brewery that everybody in Fort Smith chooses. And when you go through Fort Smith, well, you got to have a Fort Smith brewery beer because yeah. that's where you're at, you know. And we want that same kind of concept of Europe where you have a main brewery that... The majority of the people drink is we want the same thing and people travel through want to drink it too
0: yeah well one of the cool things um living in Tulsa and and I've, I've seen like because I'm originally from Nevada um there's been some places that I've been carrying like a brewery in Tulsa like I, I saw one time and I got really excited because I've I've claimed Tulsa as a home now um and seeing that like where you're from Locally and somewhere else is really cool. Yeah. Because yeah, you're like, I was there. Yeah. I like, I, I, I saw it start and, or I, I've been there for like one or two years. I hang out with the people. It's just really cool to see like the local part, like, because people get really behind that. Yeah, yeah. And that's really, that's really cool. The community behind that. Yeah. Like gets really excited. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. you know, so.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you, I think you're absolutely right. The pride of a, a local product. To see it being, you know, presented elsewhere, it just gives you much more pride in your community and much more pride in yourself. Yeah. You know, if you have pride in your community, you have pride in yourself. You know, because you're like that's me. That represents me. Yeah. And who I am, and so I think that, I think that's the coolest part about beer is because everybody drink it. Drinks it. It's all over the world. You know, it's kind of a, unless you're a you know a complete puritan, like everybody can agree. Oh yeah, this is cool. It's fun. We like it. Um, we 'd like everybody wants to have the best beer, you know, and yeah. we want to say the best beer came from my from Tulsa, you know or you do, and you know we want to say the best beer came from Fort Smith, and yeah, and we want to see other people outside of Fort Smith, you know a big national or a podcaster from Tulsa say, "Yeah, I had their beers and it was really awesome, you know that instills pride in us and our community mm-hmm. and that we can take that, and I think that something that America's been missing as a whole is that pride in america we we don 't have Anything that we all stand behind and say, oh, America does the greatest, Uh, you know. Apple came out. We were all pretty proud of that for a while. But even that, Facebook, we were proud of that for a while. You know, so, but those kind of come and goes. Those are very um, kind of niche markets or not niche, but um, what's that called? Fads and stuff. You know, the the Apple was a fad, you know, and it's, it's an incredible product. But now you can get the same thing in every other genre and stuff. If America could be known for having great beers, like Europe has been known for having great beers, I mean, now we're talking about the whole country coming together, the whole country now being proud of their community and proud of products that we produce. And
0: Yeah, that'd be really cool.
1: And so that's kind of the idea of, of this craft beer and beer, the community that it creates is it's so much more than beer. Like, beer is so much more than just this alcoholic beverage, and that's, that's the beauty of that's the beauty of why I got into it, and what what I see for the future of beer here in America is that it becomes a, a pride a pride of our country and of every American that we can all get behind. You know, we don't. That's something that you don't really have to argue about. Like, you know, you can say, yeah, we make fantastic beers. So I think a lot of people can get behind that without stepping on somebody's toes or finning somebody. You know. Yeah. And so I think that's I think that's really cool.
0: That is really cool. What was what was the first craft beer you had that kind of just was like. Oh my gosh, I love craft beer.
1: It was up in New Hampshire. It was, a, it was a random brew pub. They don't distribute anywhere. They don't advertise it. It's just a random restaurant that happens to make their own beer with mm-hmm. their food. And to this day, I couldn't tell you where I was at or what it was. I just never forget. I was, cause I was driving my car by myself. I was like two or three weeks into just move into New England area, um, just trying to figure it out, figure out what's going on in the area, you know, figure out what New England's all about. And I stopped off at this little restaurant, a brew pub that... Also, made their own beer, and it's pretty cool. I asked for, hey, you know, I was like, I'll have a beer and any recommendation. They threw this beer out front of me. I'm pretty sure it was an IPA. Again, I didn't know anything about beer whenever I was doing it. So they put this beer in front of me, and I was just like, I really enjoy this. It was the first time I ever enjoyed beer. Like, it was the first time I ever was like, satisfied with each gulp and wanting more. I actually craved more when I was done with the glass. I was like, man, wow. I want more of that. Like, Yeah. And it was just, I, I've never had that experience with with beer. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. it was just, it was like, oh, wow.
0: That's really cool. Completely
1: opened my eyes. And so, it then I opened my eyes to try other ones. And then, now look at me.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you have a brewery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: What advice would
0: you give someone... That wants to start a small business or a brewery?
1: A small business, you gotta love it. Like, whatever business you do, you should love it. Um, If you're young and you got the means and time, hell, do whatever you want, whether you love it or not, because there's a lot of skills you need to learn about running your own company. Yeah. But if you really wanna do something that's lasting, if you're really gonna put all your heart and soul and effort into it, make sure it's something you love. Because owning your own company is definitely gonna take every single ounce that you own and learned and experience and it's going to put it to the test and so you're gonna to have to use everything you know up to that point and then some so make sure it's something you love so when you get those challenges and those tests you're excited and encouraged to dig deeper and find out more and learn more about it so for a business owner that's what I would definitely recommend run a brewery the biggest and best advice somebody told me was make sure you got plenty of space. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's come in so much hand. Like that, it, It's been so handy. As you can see here, we have about 7,500 square feet of warehouse space to grow our brewery in and such. So plenty of space to expand. Like We put in our, the new seven-barrel system, no problem. It didn't, yeah. We didn't have to knock down walls or anything or rearrange anything. We just kept adding it to this open warehouse back here. So, yeah, definitely having, having enough space is a huge, a huge uh, benefit to a, a new brewery. That's cool.
0: Yeah. So what what are your social mediums? Where are you located? How can people find out about you? So we're on
1: uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a website at fsbruco.com. Um, those are, and our handle's fsbruco. Um, yeah, those are good ways to find us. Um, come to Fort Smith, say thanks to for doing Fort Smith, and I've been told we pop up on the top of that and everything, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's yeah yeah or just beer in Fort Smith will definitely pop up, yeah you do anything brewery or beer in Fort Smith and we're definitely gonna pop up so that's it it's the easiest way, of kind of a benefit of being the only one in town and yeah yeah and uh, and have not a whole lot of other things going on in the community but it's gonna change we got another brewery in planning right down the street from here oh nice there's a winery that's gonna have their soft opening this week so oh that's cool yeah this area this whole like old military base and stuff is really is starting to come together so. That's cool. Yeah. We're very excited about it.
0: Maybe it'll become like a little brewery district or something like that.
1: That's the idea. Yeah. We're really hoping yeah. that's, that's what we're pushing for.
0: Yeah. I also heard that Elvis got his haircut around here. He
1: sure somewhere. did. Yeah. A couple yeah. of buildings over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. They got the whole barbershop museum. And oh, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun.
0: That's cool.
1: And actually a local barber is going to set up shop in there. And they're going to start cutting hair and everything again. So,
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, thanks for being on the low key podcast. Um, and uh, taking time out of your day and being on.
1: Man, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I wish you the best of luck with the podcast and everything, and uh, hopefully stay in touch. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm excited what's going on with the Oklahoma beer scene. Yeah. I think uh, we're we're neighboring states, uh, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Kansas, kind of Missouri. We all kind of do things together. Missouri's kind of a little bit ahead of us three states, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Arkansas, but yeah, I think our successes kind of work off each other. So as Oklahoma gets better and as Arkansas gets better or Kansas gets better, more people will gravitate to these areas. So what you're doing is help helping spread that awareness. So, man, appreciate it. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll talk to you later. Alright, bye. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks again for listening
0: to the Low Key Podcast. Remember to subscribe, like, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and iTunes. Also, go check out all of Fort Smith Bruco's social mediums. Well, that's it in low-key land, guys. Keep it nice. Keep it easy. Keep it low-key.